What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, just your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye here chatting with people with much cooler stories that I want to share. Today is episode 50. Can you believe it? I certainly cannot. Uh, First of all, thank you guys so, so much. I mean, I'm literally sitting here in my bedroom doing these episodes, just absolutely blown away that here we are coming up on almost a full year of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye podcast. And this is all thanks to you guys. I'm, I'm so, so thankful. Today, we have an incredible guest on the show. Lawson McDonald joins us. He is a former college hockey player and content creator from Canada. Very interesting story about Lawson. He actually is one of the only people that I've heard of or that I know of that transitioned from the D1 level to the D3 level and can tell very unique stories about both. Um, It really became a love of the game type of story for Lawson to go to uh, University of Wisconsin-Superior from the University of Nebraska-Omaha. And the content that he has created both during his time at Superior and now here in his post-grad life is something that I really have enjoyed seeing I also wanted to bring on Lawson to talk a lot about this new rule that we're seeing in the NCAA with regards to name, image, and likeness. And if you don't know what that is, the NCAA has basically passed a a rule that states that college athletes can get paid on exactly their name, image, and likeness. So if you think about things like video games where like we used to play NCAA uh, football, college football on the Xbox, they never used to use real of their players' names. Now they'll do that. Uh, you think about things like brand deals. You know, obviously, if you've been living under the ro- a rock, you might not have heard of this, but the barstool athletes, things like that, partnering with brands, giving the athletes the ability to make money now is something that is revolutionary, no doubt, but something we definitely wanted to dive into in terms of like how athletes can actually monetize their career now. Even if they're not planning on going pro, how can they take advantage of this opportunity that the NCAA is giving them? So Lawson comes on today's show to talk all about that. I'm so grateful to have him on the show. So without further ado, here he is, Lawson McDonald. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. All right, everyone, coming on the show is another incredible guest. Lawson McDonald is a Canadian hockey player that just wrapped up four years playing at both the Division I and the Division Three level. Lawson is also an incredible content creator with over 165,000 followers all over social media. His content sheds light on his experiences on and off the ice, managing life after being a college student athlete. Lawson, thank you so much for coming on, man. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm doing awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, I love that we were talking about this right before we hit record. You were you were a little bit early. It's a it's a Sunday. You're still doing work on a Sunday. You know, it's just the it's just the student athlete life like mindset. You know, like whenever it needs to get done, we'll get it done. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how we go. No days <laughs> off, and Sunday might be a rest day, but still got to do something at least. Exactly, exactly. So right off the bat, I guess I wanted to take it back a little bit. Growing up in the McDonald household. Uh, you're born and raised in, uh, now, if I, if I say any of these wrong, let me know, or please correct me, but it's Winkler, uh, in Ma- uh, Manitoba, Canada. Is that correct? Yeah. Boom. There we go. There we go. I feel like hockey was in the bloodline from a very early age growing up in Canada. Was that, is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. My dad played growing up. Um, so he kind of got me into it right off the bat. And I think that kind of just handed itself to the reason why I kind of played um you know for the for my whole life pretty much yeah was there like a was there like a definitive point when you were growing up playing hockey that like you're like maybe I can make this more than just playing pond hockey with the boys after graduating high school or whatnot yeah I think that um it was almost like in my head there was never an option of you know not making it to like a point where I have achieved my goal I guess um I always thought of like playing either in the WHL or if I didn't make in the WHL, which did happen at one point is like, I didn't get drafted or I kind of lost my opportunity to make it to the WHL. So I kind of just shifted my mindset. Well, like, so what I can still, you know, make it really far. I can still achieve like a different goal or I still could make it to the next level. So I kind of set my eyes on college hockey then. And 
throughout the years of playing like junior and like midget and like just going through those years, I always just kind of had that feeling that I could do this. Um, it wasn't like too far of a goal where it was out of the picture of the fact that I could ever play college hockey. So it was kind of just always something I just knew I could achieve. Was that an expectation that you would say you set for yourself or was it like something that the family had in mind or like, what, like where was the expectation? Like I have to go or like, I want to go play college hockey. So I got to go do this. It was definitely within me. Uh, my family, there was never a expectation of how, how far I had to go. You know, it was just doing it because I like to do it and they support me through, through everything. So it was definitely an inner thing, uh, super kind of competitive person. So just throughout the years, I just always wanted to kind of like be as good as I possibly could be. Absolutely. So, and you played four seasons in the MJHL before committing to the University of Nebraska at Omaha. And we've had another college hockey player on the podcast about a year ago or so. But I think there's some like, I think there's something unique about getting ready to play college hockey. It's not your like traditional, you play four years of your high school sport and then you go play, you know, college sports, whatever. So, you can, can you kind of take us through the process that you went through? before you know stepping on campus at Omaha how you manage that sort of schoolwork and life before you know playing at the D1 level yeah so in like you said and like when you play when you go to play college hockey you finish high school and then you're only about 18 years old then and then most of the time you have two years of playing junior hockey before you actually make it to college hockey so during those two years um, some guys take classes I never took any classes I just played junior for Winkler um, I continued doing that I wasn't committed anywhere I didn't know what my future was at that point so I was literally just playing hockey you know training playing uh, kind of living like a lifestyle of, um, it's like the junior hockey lifestyle right you don't have to worry about school uh, work or anything you're just going to the rink hanging with the guys and then coming home so I lived that way for like you know two years and then um, in that second year when I did find out that I was committed and that I was going to move on the next year to play uh, college hockey. Then it was kind of, uh, it, I don't know, it just felt good knowing that I was going to be going somewhere afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, I never took classes, though, to prepare for it. And for me going in, I went in during the summer, and I think that really helped just get used to, like, going to college, get used to the guys. I was there nice and early, so I didn't have to all of a sudden hit the hit the wall of all of a sudden, boom, I got full practice schedule, full class schedule. Like, how do I handle this? I've never even, I've just not been in school for the past two years right, right. now. I also have to take a full college course load. So um, it was like kind of weird to get started again, but they did a good job of easing you into it. You know, one summer class, a couple practices, meet the guys and just kind of keep it really low key for the first summer, which helped a lot to transition that kind of break into college. Right. Because I mean, it doesn't matter if you took two years off or if you went right from your senior year of, of high school right into college, it is kind of like running into a brick wall, like, and then playing your college sport on top of that, like getting, trying to prepare for all that gets, it happens all very quickly. So I can't even imagine what that was like, you know, between taking those, those two years off, not being a student or student athlete, and then just getting right into the thick of it. it for me, yeah. even it was like, the biggest wake up calls like okay you know like our season technically didn't start till end of october so you technically like before the meets actually started you know we didn't have actual like game days and stuff mm -hmm. but still it's still two practices a day a strength and you know a strength workout yeah. in the middle of the day whatever it is and you're you know you're expected to get a's and b's you know what i mean yeah 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 so like that obviously is a big shift to doing like literally just showing up for 11 to 12 o'clock practice in right. junior the rest of the day is like whatever you want to do to getting into college where you pretty much have an itinerary, you know, every day, like three classes, get to the rink, be on time, right? Don't be late, yeah. do your workout. And at the same time, you're like, just trying to get everything figured out. And it's, it's a lot right at the bat. Probably that first month of being a freshman is the hardest, might've been the hardest month just because you're just trying to get used to such a different lifestyle, like way busier. So yeah, absolutely. It's nice when you get through that part, and then it's kind of a little bit more smooth sailing from there. I was gonna say, like, it, it definitely took me like a like maybe the first semester, and then when I went home mm -hmm. for Christmas after that first first uh, fall semester freshman year, I was like, okay, like I can take a little bit of a breather. I know what I'm headed into next yeah. semester. Like, I know what's gonna happen, and my mm -hmm. season's halfway over. So like, 
I'll have the off season coming at the end of the you know, at the uh, end of the winter into the spring. So that was like when I was like, I made it. I can do this. I think I think I'll be all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, was it always in the plans then for to play in in the United States, or did you always want to play with your college hockey in in the U.S.? Uh, as soon as I found out that I couldn't go play like in the CHL, I like not couldn't, but like I you know I didn't make a team. Right. Kind of got it was like. I would have, if I would have maybe tried out or done the best I could, it would have been like a two, two year, one year kind of stint in like a WHL thing, which uh, just wasn't as good of a kind of path for me. So when I kind of pushed that away, then college hockey in the States was definitely hundred percent what I wanted to do. And then, so what made you, or like what, how did the cards fall that you chose UNO at the time? Um, I mean, there wasn't like a ton of options for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was my mindset really was like, I, I want to go to, you know, I'm going to take anything I can get. First of mm-hmm. all, it wasn't like I was, I had every school on the table that I could, oops, drop my phone there, um, <laughs> that I could, uh, that I could pick from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did have to make a decision. I had to choose between Cornell or Nebraska Omaha. Those were like two, the two places that I actually like had to decide between. Mm. And it kind of came down to, um, off of like, a on the hockey side of things, Omaha was like the brand new rink, like top end. they're playing in the NCHC. So like UND St. Cloud, like right. places like that. Basically um, every other school that's not in the hockey East. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm also closer to that conference too. I grew up like going to North Dakota games and I was like familiar with that atmosphere and that conference. Omaha wasn't like that far away. So right. like all those things kind of had a factor in the schooling kind of lined up better with my schooling um, uh, with what I wanted to do. So that, that was also a thing. And um, yeah, that's kind of why I chose like Omaha specifically and uh, yeah. Awesome place though. Loved it there. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what would you say then now that you're removed from all college hockey right now, what's one piece of advice that you would give to the next college recruit when they're deciding between, you know, whether it's Cornell and Omaha or any choosing a school for any, any, any sense of the matter? Um, that's a really good question. There's uh, you kind of got to take, take a big like perspective on it and really ask yourself kind of to, are you going to school to like, do you really want to, make it to like the next level after college too like what's going to give you the best odds or the best opportunity in terms of like playing time um just like uh player development like what schools kind of like are have the facilities or maybe have the coaching or have this that you like is like i'm going to go there i'm definitely going to get better like mm-hmm. for sure so mm-hmm. like i would definitely consider that um and then also too like if maybe school is your main focus or like more of a focus, maybe it's like, you really do care about what you're taking in school. And then that will be something to consider too. Cause some guys just pick the school with the best hockey program. They don't care what they're taking in school and they just worry about the hockey. Right. So, right. and that's fine. Um, but I think like with me too, I was, I knew that I wanted to get a good education out of it. And you're like, yeah, Cornell's obviously an Ivy league. It's an awesome education, but they didn't have the pro like they didn't directly line up with what I knew I wanted to do and which was like an exercise science thing, right. Which like Omaha had to. Um, so yeah, I kind of just think of those things and, uh, don't just go to the school maybe that you think is cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, go to the place that where you really think you'll get the best opportunity and the best experience and just like the best education for yourself. I, I completely agree, especially with that. One of those last points you made on terms of like the choosing the cool school to go to mm-hmm. like I th- I think college recruiting and like the committing process has been so over like I don't say overhyped but hyped up to a level where you're like this person's literally like wearing like putting on a hat and making it a, a giant ordeal and yeah. like and now especially with name image and likeness like that's probably going to get even bigger mm-hmm. um, but I think like going to a school that you're going to be able to excel post those four years, whether it is to your point, like getting, you know, getting to the next level professionally, or even like, you know, for me, it was 
what, what is this life after swimming going to do for me? So mm-hmm. getting the education that's going to excel you into those professional years, I think is super important. So my piece of advice to any kid that's choosing a college is don't always just look at just the facilities or how cool the gear is, or even like yeah. the colors of the school. Cause like you will get lost in that, especially at ages 16 and 17, when you're trying to make that decision. And like the people on Instagram are like boasting about their college decisions. I think like just focus in on try and see longer picture and I think as a 17 year old that is super difficult yeah because I I like to go on with that too um like you'll see the the people that get the offers or like the kids that get offers from you know maybe like the school that everyone thinks is like the sickest hockey school right and they'll go there but you know you might not play because you're you're maybe just not the guy there for them whereas you could maybe go to a different school that is more low-key but you know, you might be playing every single night there and that could be actually the thing that's going to take you, you know, to the next level, because I mean, there's, there's players that move on from every single school in division one. Right. So it's not always about the the logo on the front, right. It's just like, where are you going to kind of be able to get the best opportunity and uh, don't sell yourself just for, for that one thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess that's a perfect kind of transition. I think it's no secret uh, to the people that follow you on social media, but maybe for some of the new listeners here today, can you talk a little bit about deciding to take that transition from the D1 level to the D3 level and transferring from UNO to uh, Wisconsin Superior? Mm -hmm. Um, So when I had to, like, when I found out that I had to, first of all, leave UNO and I like couldn't, couldn't stay there, um, I was super disappointed because I loved it there for the first two years. And I like, like staying there would have been like meant everything to me kind of mm-hmm. felt like it was like, you know, what am I going to do next now that I can't even like stay at this place? Um, so that was kind of clicked into me too. It was like, you know, I played at the division one level, like it's not looking for the next school. It's not even about like the fact that I can play at the division one, like to say that anymore, like like no one cares. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to say that it might mean something to you at first, but in the big picture, it's like, nobody cares what level you played at. Right. It's not about that at the end of the day. Um, so for me to pick a division three school, um, I just kind of put everything aside and just like, where am I going to really enjoy the last two years of playing college hockey the most. Right. And that was like the big thing that I, the reason why I went to D three and picked Wisconsin specifically was just because like I knew that um, first of all I had friends there that I previously played with in junior Um, they had a good team so I knew I was gonna win hockey games and that was a huge thing because for me there was an option to go to Alaska Anchorage and then I thought okay what am I the next two years gonna potentially look like here like you know they don't always have the best team the best program Mm -hmm. do I want to be you know losing maybe 80% of the games in the in the future or like yeah, I wanted to have fun, right? And winning is fun. So <laughs> I knew that, I knew that um, it wouldn't have been the best just because I could say I could continue to play D1. It was more like, you know, I want to win. I want to be with people that I know I like have connected with before. And uh, also this was closer to home too. So that was kind of the decisions that came into play with picking that D3 school. Yeah, like you bring up a really good point because I think a lot of the time, we even kind of touched on it when committing to a school, like you have to factor in, especially in a team sport, you know, I, I swam. So it's, it was really like whoever can post the best time is going to get the spot on the relay or whatever it was going to be. So it was not very mm-hmm. like, but like in a team sport, am I going to get some playing time or is it really just, am I just getting gear and am I going to like put my body through a D one level type of yeah. kind of craziness just to say I'm on the team. So like I I'm, I'm almost, and I don't know if you are too, like I'm almost surprised at how many athletes don't kind of do a similar sort of route that you had for the love of the game. Like if they're really, mm-hmm. when they're committing, is are they committing to go to that school and, and say like, Hey, I, I played D one hockey, or are they going to get to say like, Hey, I played D three hockey. And like, in your instance, I won my conference championship at the end of the season, like my senior year, like those last two years of playing really meant something to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like in my shoes, like even, um, you know, I could have stayed, maybe I would have stayed in Omaha, like in the hindsight. Right. And, maybe the last two years I would have played 10, 20 games. Right. Mm-hmm. And that would have been my last two years of hockey and versus, you know, this experience I was playing, you know, 20 to 30 minutes a night, you know, every game, it was like awesome. We were winning. I was like, 
you know, one of the go-to guys that they could always use and power play. And so all that stuff. And that was the way I experienced my last two years of college hockey. So, um, and what's better, what's worse, um, kind of depends, I guess, on what really you want out of the game. But for me, I'm really happy that that's kind of how I spent it versus just riding along on some D1 team. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess, because I kind of have to ask it, right. What was the biggest kind of culture shock or maybe even just the biggest difference from stepping foot on a D one campus to playing at the D three level. And if, if there isn't, like, I think that's also important to note too. Cause like, I think there's a lot of, I don't want to say negative connotation to D three, but there's just like, everyone has this picture of like, Oh, these guys just, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, for the, for the beers after whatever, you know what I mean? Uh huh. No. Yeah. I, I can definitely just, I love that I did play both levels because I can just yeah. stand up for it more than anyone else can because no one can hardly say that or like right. really like compare it. But I mean, I played at both levels, so I know I what I'm saying is like true to what I experienced. And um, it's definitely not just, you know, playing for the beers after the game or anything like that. Like right. there's a lot, a lot of players that really, really care about playing hockey and, and they're really good too. Like there's guys that on every single team that, I'm like, was thinking in my head when we played them, I never played them before. I was like, it's really like, how did you not, how did these guys not go play D1? Like there's, they're better than players that I played against or with during D one too. So it's kind of, you know, just something like some guys just don't do it. Like there could be a little thing. It could have been a school thing. It could have been a opportunity thing. It There's so many things that go into it. And there's a lot of like players and good players out there. So there's just not a spot for everybody. And uh, D3 is definitely filled with those, players that you know can you could go either way with them like they could be d1 players 100 percent. so a big difference a big difference though um for what you were asking before was um it was kind of like playing a d1 game you really felt it was more intense in terms of like the crowd the atmosphere the the hype for the game was a lot higher kind of felt like a professional like you're playing an nhl game Mm -hmm. and d3 just like with the the smaller ranks, the not as big of a pet band or not as big of a student section kind of hyping you up, all that stuff. Like I was lining up for the opening draw, just kind of felt a little bit less of a hockey game or like an intense hockey game. And that was like a big thing I noticed. So other than that, it was small things within the game, but yeah. Yeah. And I think like, especially a school like UNO, like has a giant hockey following because there's Hey, there's no real professional sports out in Nebraska and, and UNO is really known for their hockey. Right. So like yeah. every game felt like a pressure cooker type of environment where it's like, it's all on the line for this third regular season game. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, going to Providence, like I, you know, we had a similar sort of pressure on the hockey guys, but we did also have, and they can say it too, like the basketball team was there to kind of relieve the pressure. So when it was basketball season, it was big East basketball. It was like, okay, like hockey can almost like take a sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's kind of how it is for sure. It's like the, the pressure you feel from the tweets you see on Twitter, from the Instagram, from everything, you just see the amount of fans and like people out there that are really like tuning into like how UNO hockey is doing. Mm. So you just feel that kind of, you know, for every game and you feel the fans on you and yeah, just something in D3 that wasn't quite uh, quite the same. You kind of just felt like it was more within the group and then within your team, not so much um, geared towards a ton of like surrounding um, pressure, like fans and stuff like that. I feel like, I, like, I mean, I, I swam for Providence. I wasn't like, you know, we weren't the account. We weren't the team that was getting tweeted about every single day from, from fans and like stuff like that. But I feel like, just kind of what, to your point earlier, like having it more internal, like this, this matters to this very core group of people is almost like better in a sense sometimes, because, you know, like win or lose, like you're still with those, those group of guys, like in a loss in a big D one game, like you're going to hear it for what could be a very long time. And like it, for somebody's mental health as a student athlete, that can be detrimental. And that could be like super fatiguing on somebody's mental health when they're seeing like, Joe Schmo hiding behind a little Twitter egg tweeting about how bad their game was. And it's just quite honestly ridiculous. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big difference maker. And I still felt though, like in that, those D three games, you know, if I had a bad game or if I didn't do this, didn't do that, I still, I, it felt the same. 
like it didn't feel any different right in terms of like I, di I didn't feel worse because I felt like there's more pressure it still felt kind of like you know I still wanted to do the best I could right um but yeah it was just it was just different and but it was yeah it was awesome though still still with that being said awesome I love that. So do you have a, would you, do you have like a favorite memory from playing college hockey, either at the D one level or the D three level? Yeah, I got, I got good memories for both of those, those places. I'd say that um, the, the one big one in Omaha was um, probably after we won, uh, we, we would win if we won at home in Baxter arena in Omaha, then we'd get undressed and we just have our jerseys on. So we'd take like skates would be off, but we'd have, we keep the jerseys on. And then we'd run into kind of like the opening area of the rink, like the big um, right through the front doors, the opening opening spot. Right. And they had a big set of staircase too. So there's like, everybody would fill in this area and there'd be fans like on the staircase and everywhere crowding around. And then you'd come in from like the locker room door and they'd mm -hmm. have like the, the cheerleaders or whatever, like kind of paved the path for you. So then everyone would be clapping and ringing like their bells and stuff. So then we would come out and as we came out, like we come out in a line and then through like hundreds of people, we'd be like in the middle of them in the circle. And then we'd all have our hands around each other. And we would have this fight song or this like wind chant that we'd sing. Um, and it was a tradition that the team would do every, every single home game win. So mm -hmm. it would be dead quiet. It would just be like the guys in the circle that would like jump around, and sing it. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as you're done singing it, everybody would start cheering, clap. Like it was crazy because it was like 300 people, you know, like watching this and supporting you after a win. So that was super, super neat. That's incredible. Like I, that, like I, it just, it, it kind of like exemplifies the point of like that UNO was a major hockey school. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I don't, I mean, like I think, I think of like a Providence hockey win and like we, we I'd be the first to say Providence is a hockey school. It is for sure. I to say that too, but like, I mean, we struggled with some students showing up to games just cause like they had better things to do. And like, that mm -hmm. just sounds like such a cool experience after every single win. It seems like it probably never got old either. Never. Yeah. <laughs> never did. But I think too, it was cause you know, you, like you said, Omaha was a place that didn't have anything else. College sports is the big thing there you know probably a ton of other stuff to do in providence and things going on around that area right so it, it was kind of um it was kind of cool being like the i don't want to say the big shots because that sounds cocky but like just the the main maybe more of the main event in like the omaha area so yeah i'll, I'll allow i'll allow it i'll allow, allow big shots all right, yeah. all right the big shots for the big shots yeah there you go and then what about what about at the d3 level Oh yeah. Um, best, best experience there. I mean, one of the best hockey experiences just when we, when we won that at the end of that, my senior year, um, winning at the championship, whether it be from a shorter season, didn't matter. It felt, it was like awesome, great experience just to win the conference. We couldn't even move on at the end, but just finishing that last game, there was so much like in my head of being like, it's my last game of like hockey and like it was kind of like sad at the beginning just thinking about it like everything I've worked up to this point this is literally the last game mm -hmm. and the fact that like I got to win and we got to celebrate it and it's just like that feeling at the end was incredibly cool way just to say like that's that was my hockey career so yeah and it had to be magnified to like to your point but like with the shorter season with the question marks that surrounded college athletics in the 2020 you know 2021 type of year being able to whether it was 10 15 games play it and then to your point going out on top had to be like the almost like the the pianos lifted off your back <laughs> yeah yeah everybody felt that way for sure for definitely it was like a stressful stressful weird weird year and yeah, that, that win was kind of like special in that way. I love that. So, I mean, I know we might have to take a step back here, but where did con like content creating come into all this picture? Like, when did you figure out, like, I also, <laughs> on top of my busy heck schedule, like I want to add content creating on top of this. Oh yeah. It can't, <laughs> it definitely, um, the, like the inspiration or like the, the reason I even like thought of doing it was because um just being younger I had a GoPro and I just liked to make travel videos growing up like kind of like a weird like artistic hobby mm -hmm. that was a little bit unnormal un for like a hockey player to do so I like you know I didn't really know many other people that like to 
edit videos or make like videos. Right. Yeah. So before I went to Omaha, I had a little bit of an experience with that just for fun. Um, but then when I went from D1 to D3 and I was kind of watching more YouTube at the time and just like listening in on different people and kind of getting like the steam of that whole um, content kind of like trend, maybe that is now like everyone's talking about, you know, personal brand and all that stuff. So yeah, right. I kind of got like a little clue in on that and thought like, Hey, like my experience is kind of unique and it was really something that I could share about. And that probably a decent amount of people would find interesting just to hear the D one side of hockey, the D three side of hockey. And it was like, no one else is doing this and no one else can talk about this. Plus no one else can talk about it and wants to share it and make videos on it. And I knew I can make videos on it too. So I was like, this is kind of like a perfect thing for me to start doing. Um, so I just kind of started it in superior made really random videos at first, just kind of like day in the life, what I was doing. It wasn't, didn't have much path to it. It was mm -hmm. more so just posting of what I was doing each week. And then it kind of just slowly turned into more of like my college hockey kind of who I am as a college hockey player. Did you expect to see it get to where it is today? Like sitting back and doing one of those first few videos you did at superior and be like, this could be something or like, were you thinking like, I just want to do this more for the fun of it right now. And we'll figure the numbers out later. Um, I think that I, I wouldn't have started it if I didn't like think that in the back of my mind that there's a chance that something like, you know, there was an opportunity that I could grow with it. Mm -hmm. It was the same thing for hockey. You know, I wouldn't probably play of like care to play or play as long as I did. If I never thought there was a chance that, I could make it to the next level. So I think that thought or that like challenge of growing always is something what drives me and makes it really fun for me because it's like a goal. Like my goal is, you know, let's get a thousand subscribers. This is going to be fun. Like, let's see if I can do it. It's like, and then in my head is like, you know, I can, I can probably do this, like making videos and finally something will catch on. Right. So that's kind of how it was always my mindset with it. And it was just, you know, every time you hit a milestone, you just think, okay, now, how can I get to the next milestone? Right. And there's always a belief in me that I can get there, I guess. It's definitely still that athlete mindset. Like what's the next yeah. goal? What's the next challenge? Mm -hmm. And like that, that never leaves you, whether like it's in the professional world, uh, like, like career wise or, you know, professional sports, obviously, but like, I'm more talking about like when you have to hang up the cleats or hang up the, the skates, like it's keeping that mindset can really help you be still goal oriented and, and uh, driven towards the goals that you have, I think definitely yeah so something that happened right after uh you wrapped up your hockey career was the passing of the name image and likeness which allows college athletes to get paid for their name without losing their amateurism one thing i'll just say like and that might have been a lot for anyone that isn't like keen on this type of stuff like when i when i committed to providence and i got sent like that entire ncaa like amateurism class or like like tests like making sure that you have not been paid for anything ever in your life literally was like the most tedious thing I've ever done I don't like I don't know if you yeah. had to deal with that like back when you first started too but it was literally like the worst thing in the yeah, world yeah I remember I remember filling those things out it sucked like one yes you could have gotten screwed one, yeah like, that's right I remember that yeah it was I was remember like I was like calling I had to call my advisor just because like for yeah. one little thing like am I gonna answer like am I answering this right? Cause I have no idea if, uh, what <laughs> yeah. this means really. And I don't know whether to do yes or no, uh, like little things like that. Oh, I know. Like my dad became my lawyer and like, <laughs> yeah. dude, like, like to your point, like 17 year olds should not be like having to figure out this type of stuff. Like, uh, well, like, like, cause I was thinking like, did I ever do like a swimathon with my name on it or like, yeah, so yeah. Did they even get paid? Like, it was like, oh my God, like, it's all yeah. this crazy stuff you had to think about, but now that's kind of gone away. Um, and like, with all of this, like, do you, what excites you most about this new rule? And where do you see college athletes taking this new venture for their existing platforms? Uh, the most, the thing that excites me the most for it is just that I hope that it kind of creates more, um, specifically in like the hockey thing. I just hope it creates more guys to start breaking through like the, I don't know, even know what to put the name, name for it, but just that kind of cult, hockey culture that might not be the most open to creating content or open to just like um, being maybe a little bit different or just like sharing exactly what you're doing. Um, mm -hmm. I think the hockey world is more behind with that than in other sports, especially like, you know, you see a lot of football players being, having their own unique 
kind of ways or like whether they it's the way they dress or they're just kind of doing their own thing and not yeah. caring what other people think yeah and I just hope that with like now that there's a motivation behind more so growing your brand that I hope like a lot of like you know d1 college hockey players and stuff like that really start doing doing something cool with it um so I think that'll help with it the fact that they can say like if someone says it's like weird that they're doing is like man I'm making money you know yeah, like this is my <laughs> this is my business what are you talking right. about right like right. like they'll just kind of respect that more so that's what I'm I'm looking forward to that a lot um yeah what was the second part to that no that was, was that was perfect and I think, yeah like yeah no, that was perfect and I think like for me too like the biggest thing that I looked forward to when I saw this was like this is going to give a little bit more recognition to maybe the the not you know non-revenue generating sports you know like the swimmers yeah. the track and field stars the like whatever maybe tennis players whatever because like I was talking to someone about this and they were like well in the Providence example it's like well then aren't only the basketball players and like the hockey players gonna get like brand deals and stuff and I was like not if the swimmers like put themselves out there you know like yeah. that's the thing too like I mean you have platforms now like the Barcel athletes or whatever it is like if you like, if that's what you want to be, literally it's a DM to these people. But like, mm-hmm. I think it's going to, I think what I'm excited about is like the challenge it's going to put on the college athletes. Like if you really want to go make money, you do have to put yourself out there. Yeah. And, like, and to your point too, like whether it is like breaking down that barrier of like, it's odd to make content or like, I don't want to feel like awkward. If you're telling people you're getting paid for it, believe me, they'll be, they'll want to be in your next video. <laughs> yeah. No, it's going to turn into like, I wish I was doing that kind of a thing um but like to go off of like to what you said about is it only going to be the basketball players you know the big 10 the popular players yeah. getting the deals like definitely not because like i can vouch for um for me being at a d3 school um nobody would know about like you know this d3 school right like no one would care about the people playing the team maybe that same goes with like you're at a big 10 school mm-hmm. you're not on the football team but you're on some other team like why would people like want to care about you but it's all about like what you are doing everybody has their own unique following to what they can kind of like contribute like the swimmer can't or the swimmer can bring in a way different fan base or a way different group to follow what they're doing versus a football player and that's perfect because there's a ton of people that'll be interested more interested in what a d1 swimmer might be doing and a D1 football player too, if, if you're growing up and you want to be the D1 swimmer, right? So that's who you're going to follow. And I think there's each person in college playing their sport is going to have some sort of community that is going to be wanting to watch specifically um, what you're doing. So I think everybody has a fair shot at it for sure. And um, coming from like the D3 hockey team that I'm on, um, we have a group of guys that have a TikTok account now that's had over 500,000 followers. So yes. it just shows you who cares right that we don't play D1 hockey we can have the biggest hockey page anyways like because it doesn't matter what level we're at we're doing we're making content we're showing people like who we are and we're just doing something fun with it and it didn't matter what level we do it from right and like that brings up a good point like I think especially with platforms like TikTok where it'll show you videos that they think you like or even like just kind of the niche followings that people are now doing like it doesn't like it doesn't have to be an Alabama football vlog every single day like to your point like I I would probably want to watch a day in the life of a college swimmer like and see how different their life is now compared Mm -hmm. to what I did but like I think it's also I I want to be I'm interested in what d3 hockey players are doing like that type of stuff is like okay like what did I miss out on at the d3 level like honestly like if if, if I did you know so I think like having now and with these type of content platforms that we have and people just kind of seeing videos pop up constantly it's like you're finding new interests and then like to the to the point of these content creators like it doesn't matter how niche it is like someone's going to find it interesting yeah exactly for sure yeah and you got to be able to like make the make this stuff too right right Um, if you can't if you can't make it doesn't doesn't matter who you are you're not going to get the you know the deals or whatever the brand's coming to you just because you play the sport um, the people that follow you will want to know like who you are personally mm-hmm. and kind of like engage with you besides what you're doing on the field or whatever. Right. And that's kind of the important thing to it of building that your own, your own kind of community of people who actually care about you because they care about what you're doing outside of the sport, not mm-hmm. necessarily just the photos on the field. Yeah. I think like, that's kind of like a great point too. Cause I almost can't stand it 
well, I mean, whatever it is, what it is, but like when a football player or a big time basketball player has such a following and you go and look at their feed and it's literally just like, like, like basketball pick after basketball pick after yeah. shot after, mm-hmm. you know, like pregame walk up. And you're like, I know there's a whole other side to you. And like, yeah. part of the reason why people follow you on social media is because we want to see what else you're doing. Cause we're already seeing what you're doing on the court or on the ice. Like show us what else so-and-so does. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. They, and those are the pe- players that, you know, you think that they might have the best uh, following community and get the most, but definitely that won't be the case. If, and when it comes down to like how many people care about that person versus the person that's actually more so building a relationship with their audience Mm-hmm. Um, those are the people that are really going to capitalize on the NLI. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what about the athletes that have graduated? Okay. Because I, I've talked to a lot of student athletes that have graduated in 2019, 2020, and they feel like they got the short end of the stick here. And they're like, you know, they didn't get this type of NIL type of stuff. Like, I think my, like what I always have said to them is like, you can still do this. Like you can still get brand deals or work with brands. You just don't now have the, the college's platform to piggyback off of mm-hmm. but like you could still go put yourself out there I think that's the thing that they like haven't figured out yet is like just because you're a washed up student athlete doesn't mean you can go like make a podcast or like do stuff on YouTube or TikTok or whatever and get in like it's literally what we're doing here today so like what kind of advice do you have for the like maybe the washed up student athlete that's like hey I just got the short end of the stick of this and I can't make my I can't make money off my yeah. name image or likeness yeah I think what you're saying too is exactly kind of what has been going through my head this past summer is my content just for the past two years was based off of what am I doing as a college hockey player? And that was the people that were following me. Those topics were, was the thing that was keeping me going. That's what people watch me for. And now that I'm graduated, I'm not a college hockey player anymore. Like now what it's like, well, like it kind of feels like, you know, like that was my chance to make the content. I no longer have that title. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just some other person, right? So how am I going to have people find what I'm doing right now interesting? And for those people that feel like they, you know, they're chipped out of the fact that they could, they didn't, they're capitalizing it, but couldn't make money. And now that they're done it, now what? I would say that um, even if you were at that point making money off of it, eventually you graduate and eventually you're going to have to change something what you're doing you're never going to be the college athlete forever the college football player forever so um, for me at least I just was thinking like what do I want to do now it didn't mean uh didn't mean I have to stop making content just because I wasn't the hockey player anymore I think that it just shifts the perspective of what I can do now so for me it was more so okay now I might not be the hockey player but now I'm going to be the hockey trainer the hockey strength coach and I can kind of take that same community with me and give them the perspective of being a college hockey strength coach kind of a thing now, or like a college hockey, um, you know, whatever you're else you're doing. Right. And I think that brings so much valuable value to them still. And it's just mm-hmm. a different path that people will probably love to look into just as much as being a college hockey player. Yeah. And the thing that I even like about your page too on top of the kind of the strength stuff that you're showing and like the workouts that you're doing as a post-college athlete is like the post-college athlete life because you know I'm two and a half years out of it and I still kind of like watch those videos I'm like hey he's making some really good points because like my first year post-grad life or you know post-college athlete life I was like I don't know I mean I didn't want to work out for like a year I like, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to touch a pool. I didn't want to touch a weight room. I was like, I'm so burnt out. Like, I don't want to do that. Probably in the hindsight of that happening, I shouldn't have done that. But like having a, you know, more of a like healthier way to prepare for that ending maybe would have helped me out a little bit more. So like, I even think that the stuff that you're doing as like uh, just a, hey, this is what my life looks like after playing at the D1 and D3 level. I think that's super valuable too. Mm -hmm, For sure. You just got to find like, you're never going to be playing that forever and you just got to find what your passion is is next kind of thing Mm -hmm. and you can always take the your personal brand or you can always take making uh, helping people or taking a helpful approach at it no matter no matter what yeah and I think kind of going off that with maybe now this pressure for people that want to make money off their name image and likeness as a d you know as a college athlete right they have to maybe start building content or doing something outside of being a student athlete 
you know, they might see that and go, I, like, I don't have time for this. Like, I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's not, I, I, I feel like I have a full-time schedule. I can't do this. So for someone that has done it, how did you find the balance between playing your sport, keeping up with school, managing school, and then, you know, doing content on top of that? Um, I found, I found the balance for it. And even before I get into that, I would say that if I didn't really love to do it as much as I did, or if I didn't really just have that like goal in my mind to, you know, make content and just, I just knew that I loved to do it and enjoyed it so much. If I didn't have that, it would have been like incredibly, incredibly hard to make a YouTube vlog once a week and kind of like post other stuff. I don't know, like cause it was like pretty, pretty tough mm-hmm. um, with some of like the, the way my sleep schedule was and um, some of the nights just to make a video for a week. Uh, so yeah, you have to kind of really want to do it. Don't just do it because you think you're going to make money. Uh, <laughs> that's because I never did it with that in mind either. Right. Right. Uh, Cause I couldn't. So it was kind of like, <laughs> right, it's right. kind of good. It just naturally came. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so like the things that helped me and the reason I guess I could do that was uh, I stopped playing video games that I normally would have. Like I didn't, I had to give up, you know, playing Fortnite maybe every day. So those hours spent, it was literally either, you know, I was practicing, um, going to school, doing homework and any other free time I had, I was just doing the content stuff. And that was pretty much, uh, what my day was, uh, most of the week, it was just editing when I had the free time to edit. So that's kind of what you have to think of it as. And you obviously like, don't get me wrong. Like I hung out with the guys still. And it was still like that. It was just like, maybe, you know, like twice a week, I had to say no, or twice a week I had to, you know, leave early because I wanted to go back at 10 o'clock so I could edit for two hours before I had like went to bed at 12 kind of a right. thing. So instead of like every day, you're just hanging out, watching a movie, which is typically, you know, what you might do as a college hockey player in the evenings is just play video games with your roommates, watch a movie, kind of like burn two to three hours a night, you know, with, with your friends hanging out. And that's something you should never give up, but it just mm-hmm. might not be, you just can't do it as frequently maybe as you want it to, if you want to start making content and really like taking it seriously. Yeah. I, I think that is a really interesting point because as an athlete, like the three hours that you do have to just absolutely do nothing, there is like a voice inside your head saying you better do absolutely nothing <laughs> because yeah. like we're going to shut down if we do, you know? Yeah. So, but I think like to your point and, and, and I just, any aspect of life, I think you need to make sure you are on top of like your sleep schedule and like how you feel like mentally and physically, because then let that driver of like, Hey, I can make money be the voice in your head saying like, rather than playing three hours of, of Madden or Fortnite or whatever, let's go make content, you know, and like stretch that out too. Like you don't have, like the whole, whole vlog doesn't have to be done that day, you know? Yeah. So I think yeah. too, that is a big point. Like, I think I was watching one of your videos and your, one of your hockey guys was saying like chunk everything out. Like not mm-hmm. like Rome wasn't built in a day. It's all about like, if you like do a little bit of everything every single day, it's going to get yeah. done. Yeah. I've never, I've never made a, a, f- a filmed and edited a YouTube video in one day ever. So trust always... me, I've done that with this podcast and it's not. Oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you want to like, if, if I sit at my, I, I don't sit at my computer for more than an hour at a time because it drives me crazy. Like editing the same video for an hour straight. It's like, I have to, I have to leave because it mm-hmm. just, so I like to definitely do, I like to have it ready and then just two hours today, one hour the next day, maybe 30 minutes and then slowly throughout the week. And then finally, by the end of the week, boom, your video is done and it's good to go. Right. So you're just mm-hmm. not, you're just spacing it out a bit. So that helps a ton. Yeah. Like people ask me, like, do you listen to your own podcast? And I was like, trust me, by the time it's been edited and, mm-hmm. and, and every, like they cut the videos for Instagram. I'm like, I'm a, I'm so sick of my own voice, but be like, yeah. I've heard this episode 30 times. Believe me. Yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely watch each one of my videos probably on average, I'd say 10 times through before it gets posted. Right. Just because like, you know, one pass is like, go to the next pass okay now right. you're looking for maybe you're doing like subtitles and then the next pass all right now you're making sure the music is like fading out and fading in and then right. the next time okay now i and then right before it's like okay one more time just to make sure i didn't mess anything up before right. this right. is getting po- so that's usually how it goes for me especially when i'm like a little bit of a perfectionist or like ocd that way it, mm. it's kind of 
takes a bit longer for me. Yeah. And usually by that, like six or seven patch, like, do I even want to post this one? I was like, yeah. is this video even worth it? Yeah. One? Yeah, exactly. I love that. And I, I, I hope after this, rather than seeing a bunch of college athletes having Xbox in their room, we're just going to see a bunch of like student athletes walking around with cameras yeah. like, all around campus, you know, yeah. like I can't even imagine like everybody, like I'm imagining a selfie stick. I think we've graduated past that, but like yeah, just that, that just kind of excited. Like if you see the whole Alabama football team walking around with Nikon. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that'd be so funny. That'd be a really good, like kind of like joke. Like uh, I can see that being a funny TikTok of like a little, Little, what a student like, athlete used to do versus what a yeah, student athlete Alabama, does now. Yeah, Alabama football in 2022. Just you got like 50 guys walking around with their selfie sticks. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Do you like so now that you've graduated and, and college hockey is over? And we talked a little bit about this, at least from my side, and I could talk a little bit about it too. But like, did you ever have like a burnout of like, I, I don't want to touch the ice or like, I don't want to like to do this extreme strength workout. I can know your TikToks now. It's a lot of like what I'd work on now as a post-grad life. But did you ever have that initial, like, leave me alone for like a month? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that there's always points in the hockey season where, um, especially if you're losing and like tensions are kind of higher, it's like, you don't want to show up to the rink at all. It's mm. like, get the, let's get this practice over with. I know it's not going to be fun, like we're losing it's like not going to be a happy kind of dressing room or happy vibe right and you know those are times where it's uh it's really tough to kind of like show up and it's just like an added added kind of stress thing but I wouldn't say it's because of a burnout more so it's more so just like kind of like the the mental side of hockey it's not like I just I'm too tired of hockey it's just the side of it is the fact that you're losing it might not be as fun so I don't think that I was ever burnt out of it mm. because when you think back, like if you were winning every time and you're showing, like, it's so fun to show up to the rink when you're, your team's doing good, you're hot, you're winning. And um, like, everyone's having fun in the gym, then coach is having fun on the ice. Right. And you feel like you could do that for forever. So I think there's just highs and lows of the season that you may feel like kind of packing it in at one point, but it's just a, you know, it kind of comes down to who, uh, who can stay positive through the lows because everybody goes through them. So you can't, uh, you can't let that just be a deciding factor of you kind of having a bad day, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think too, you bring up a good point, like the, the winning and losing that, that ebbs, those ebbs and flows, like you can't necessarily prepare for, like you don't yeah. know that you're going to lose, you, you, you don't know you're going to lose five games in a row. Right. Yeah. But I think there are days of the, you know, or like months in the year or like months in the season where you're no, like, this is going to be this, this month is going to be more mentally challenging than, than last yeah. month. I think like things like final exams, midterms, stuff like that. So I think preparing for that way, like way farther in advance than you maybe originally would, I think is super important as a student athlete. And like, I, you know, you, you have some great videos on this too, but like try to make sure that you're not doing homework on the road or stuff like that. It's just like, it's not going to, it's, that's going to let you kind of stay all in on the, the task at hand, which on a Saturday afternoon is going to be that game that you're playing. Yeah, definitely. It's uh that's what it comes down to, too. Like you just have to, you know, just understand that in a month from now or two months from now, or some point this season, it's going to kind of not be a great week or a great two weeks. Cause you know, the season might not be going well, but just yeah. Preparing that, um, that's going to happen and it's ine inevitable that it will happen. And you just have to, you know, know that you can't let that break you or you can't let that just make you kind of like disappointed or negative for the whole month. Right. So something Absolutely. that takes practice and it takes kind of like experience it experiences to realize that these things you'll go through these regardless. And so just happens. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing that is kind of the inevitable or like that is always going to happen is kind of the end. Right. And I think whether you're playing at a D one level or a D three level, there's a lot of hard work, determination and dedication. I know that sounds like some Nike ad, but it's not, uh, <laughs> you know, like there, like you have invested probably 16 to 18 years of your life. The day that you hang up your Jersey at this sport. And it literally comes to a screeching halt because uh, you know, you actually ended your career on, on a win, which, you know, only happens to one team a year, usually, right? So mm -hmm. usually it comes at the, like, a point where you've, where you've lost. So 
I guess it, it, in it's up to you then to like find that next adventure. And it seems like you have really found that with content creation and, and helping with whether it is just hockey players or even just student athletes as a whole with, with life on and off the ice. But where do you see this type of content creation and, and where do you want to take it, you know, past 2021 and, and the years beyond? Um, I'd, I'd love to take kind of my content to just a side of, uh, first of all, like being targeted at the hockey players that haven't been to college yet. The ones that are like wanting to make it to the next level, mm-hmm. the ones that, um, may, maybe living in the middle of nowhere, like where I'm from that can't access a personal trainer that can't access, um, you know, going to a nicer facility to train. I want to like start really revolving my, what I do. Um, whether it be like online stuff and just like videos like that where they can watch things and just know uh, what they should be doing because you know I get a lot of questions of like what should I do to get to the next level what should I be doing for workouts right now you know kind of thing so I think that there's um, I would love for my stuff just to um, target all of those players that are really having a lot of those questions and that want to make it to college hockey and also I think that like for the players like playing college hockey and the ones that want to start making content or like capitalizing on the name image and likeness and building their brand. I'd love to uh, make my, make some content or like be maybe some sort of a mentor in a way that I could kind of guide them or help them, whether it just be like editing questions about that uh, maybe like helping them, like how to like come up with content ideas, what you should post stuff like that. I think any of those things it's kind of a rough map out but I know I know what I kind of want to do it's just a matter of like how am I gonna kind of make this happen I love it I mean trust me you you have a a better plan or plan out of post-grad life than I did after the Uh, at least at least it seems that way I don't (laughs) I'm I'm saying this like you know the plan's awesome but yeah like (laughs) everything it's it's an unknown thing you know it's just I've Hopefully, you know, you can make it happen, but you don't have your five-year business plan for me ready to go. Yeah. Heck no. <laughs> I wish, I wish I had that. I love it. I love it. Well, Lawson, this has been an absolute blast. I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us a little bit more about your story, how you know other student athletes can take advantage of this time. I do have one final question for you though. We do ask it for all of our guests. So I'm excited to hear your answer here you still have plenty more to go. And and I know you're basically just starting your career, but if you were to write your autobiography today, what would be the title of it and why? Ooh, that's tough. (laughs) What a question. Um, Oh man. How many good answers do you get out of this is my question. Well, Hey, we're, we're you'll be episode 50 and we've had 50 good answers. I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not even sugarcoating it. Like, I don't care if it takes you the, like 30 minutes to think of it. We'll get it on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You might have to hit, hit the cut and then uh, cut it, cut it back in. Yeah. Just, yeah, just make me um, spend another hour editing. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, it would probably honestly be called uh, my life journey is what I would call it. And why don't forget that part of the question. Um, a main, a main reason is because I think uh, that title really sums up obviously everything about my life but mm-hmm. um it actually comes from too my grandpa is writing a pretty much his own uh, autobiography about himself and that's what he called it so i think that that name is kind of like perfect for someone's whole story about themselves i love it that's awesome that's awesome well again lawson i really appreciate the time i i hope you had just as much fun as i did i we're gonna we, we are three minutes till the hour so you don't have to spend a full hour in front of your screen i know you don't like to do that <laughs> Yeah, but I appreciate it, man. This was an absolute blast. Yeah, thank you. You know, it was awesome chatting with you. I loved uh, love these topics and talking about them. Awesome. We'll definitely keep in touch. Mm-hmm. For sure. So a big thank you to my guy Lawson McDonald for coming on this week's episode. Be sure to go follow him all across social media. I'll leave links to all things Lawson in the description of this week's podcast. Uh, to all my college athletes out there that I know listen to this show. And if there are new ones because of Lawson's following that have come along the show, I think the biggest piece of advice that I can give you is get out there and try this stuff. Get out there, start a podcast, get out there, create content. It is going to be 
kind of like ripping off a Band-Aid. It's going to hurt at the beginning or be awkward at the beginning or maybe not all your teammates will be doing it or maybe none of the athletes in your kind of like athlete friend group will be doing it. But this is your time to really like leapfrog your career, whether you're planning on going to the next level or whether you're planning on, you know, moving out of your parents' house when you graduate and you have to go pay your own rent. Like this is setting you guys up for success and any college athlete, D1, D2, D3, just go out there and try it. You really have nothing to lose. So that does it for this week's episode. Again, a big thank you to you guys. Uh, Again, we're two episodes away from the one-year anniversary of this show, and I'm thinking we might have a little bit of a giveaway coming up. So thank you guys so much for always being such amazing listeners. If you want to learn more about this possible giveaway, in fact, I'm I'm guaranteeing we're going to have a giveaway come episode 52. So you have to be following the Instagram at normal guy lazy. I go check it out. We're posting clips from all of your favorite interviews, all the favorite moments from those interviews. Uh, that's at normal guy lazy on Instagram. So that does it for this week's episode. Again, I will see you all next week.